0: All right, good morning, everyone. So it's so fun for me to be back. I haven't been here. So the Lord used this church to like, my wife and I are graduating Westmont, 2011, and the Lord basically said, no, you're not gonna do your plan that I want you to do. We were gonna, I was gonna go to seminary, we we're gonna move back home. And he used the planting of Reality Santa Barbara to like, w- Lord, what do you want? And he was like, I want you to stay put and I want you to be part of this. So we were here the prayer meetings and from day one, and we were in this church for like two and a half years until the Lord called us to move to CARP and do youth. So like, I love this church. God has done so much. I also just love Santa Barbara. Uh, I love the food in Santa Barbara much more than CARP. The hardest thing about moving to CARP was like, no los agaves, no, like just, so we're here all the time, too much uh, for food. So um, this morning, um, Lazo asked me to preach just on something the Lord has been doing in my heart, I know you guys just finished um, a series, and so we're gonna, this morning, we're gonna talk about the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. Um, This sermon was actually birthed out of a camp, the summer camp for high school summer camp, and we, our theme was fear not, and uh, we didn't know, but at the same time, the Lord led the, this youth group in Santa Barbara, Caleb, to do fear not also. So when we found out, we're like, oh my gosh, God is with us. So uh, it was fear not. And then as I just started to study, I, I just like started looking up the word fear in the Bible. Because you maybe have heard the, the command fear not is the most like frequent, frequently used command. And so I just started looking at verses. And then I stumbled on these verses that talked about fearing God. And I was like, wait, what? Like don't fear but fear God. And and like, I was like, what does this mean? And so the Lord honestly like just sidetracked fear not into like fear me, fear God. And I was like, what does this mean? And it, it wrecked me honestly every night at camp when we were teaching it. Like never have I been so personally just like moved and um, it was unexpected, and it's new. And so since then, I've just been wrestling through it. Like, what does it mean to fear God? And what about perfect love casts out fear? But then fear God, and it keeps showing up. Over 150 times in the Bible, fear God. is, is to, We're told to fear God. And so I've just been wrestling through this. I'm really, honestly, like so excited and just really excited for what the Lord has. So let's flip to Psalm 34 this morning. Psalm 34, verse seven, and the title is creatively fear the Lord. Psalm 34, verse seven says this. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for, for your word this morning. Thank you, God, that, um, Yeah, like when our our normal pastor is gone and we can still just trust, no, if we open your word, we're going to hear from God. And thank you for the reminder that that you speak to us, that this book is living and active and, and that it's the sword of the Spirit and it's what the Holy Spirit loves to teach us with and through. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We confess, like, we need you. We need you to help us understand your word. We need you to, to take your word and, and use it like a sword to like cut deep and, and cut things away that need to go and, and to, to point us in the right direction. So this morning, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill us up? Would you wake us up even, God? Would you, would you clear our minds? Would you clear us of distractions? And would you teach us more of what it means to fear you? Or we want to fear you more than anything else, but we, we don't even really know what that means, God. I confess it's confusing and And so we just ask that you would help us, help us, Lord. We love you, it's in Jesus' name, amen. So we, as humans, as human beings, pretty much after the fall, we fear. That's just like, it's just who we are, it feels like. We, as human beings, we fear. We fear silly things, right? We each have our own personal list of just stupid things we fear, right? Like public speaking is the number one fear. Uh, I feel that. Uh, Some of us feel heights, we fear heights, right? We just like, you freak out when you get in heights. Uh, Some of us maybe fear commitment, right? Like, hey, what are you doing on Friday? "Ah, I'm not sure. I'll get back to you. Like we fear commitment. Uh, Maybe a little bit deeper, we fear people. Like we fear being rejected by people. We fear being left out. That's like the thing of my generation. We fear missing out. Uh, We fear through comparison. Like we we, we measure ourselves, and we fear that we're not going to measure up. We maybe even fear like physical harm or emotional harm people can do to us. Uh, maybe a little deeper, we fear like the future. It's this thing out there and we fear. We fear, maybe we fear change. We fear like, am I gonna, am I gonna succeed or, or am I gonna fail? What if I fail? And for some of us, that fear of failure just drives us. We fear like, what about my desires? What about my dreams? Like, what if they don't come to pass? Some of us fear like darkness, like maybe just literally the dark when we were kids or now even. Um, but we fear like what darkness represents. Like we, we maybe fear like spiritual darkness. We may fear Satan or demons or just spiritual warfare in general. Um, like we live in a gnarly area in this coast and there's some spiritual darkness and we can fear that. Uh, we fear death, right? We fear maybe injury, or sickness, or or loss, or someone we love dying. Like, fear is a real, and I mean probably daily experience for every single person. It's just, it's sadly who we are. And, And just even to confess to you guys, I fear this morning you... Like who is this guy, and why is he here, and who is he? Why is he preaching to us? Or I fear, I fear uh, judge, you judging my appearance. Like I like my appearance, but I then fear. Like what about? What the good his hair, and look at his beard, and like who is this guy? I, but honestly, like I fear, and that's that's something that I fear not being accepted, and that's that's something that maybe this morning I feel, but it's something that every day as I go, I walk into a room of older people, and I'm just knowing they're looking and judging, and I fear that. Uh, another one personally for me is failure that's like a personal fear that's pretty daily um, I went to Westmont College and after I graduated I said the Lord called us to stay here and uh, I wasn't prepared for that and it was, it was not a good time to graduate college, 2011 um, I couldn't find a job and so I was just watching Savings dwindling. my wife and I just got married, we're just job searching in Santa Barbara, paying a literally thousands of dollars for rent, and uh, I found a job at Starbucks, which for me personally, and I am so sad at myself then, but I was like, that job is failure, and every day when I would put on my apron with my college degree, I just felt like a failure, like I didn't go to school to work here, and it wasn't my dream job, And, and every day I had to battle this fear of like, I'm failing at life, which is so wrong, by the way, that God did so many good things, but I just feared like I'm a failure. And then I became a youth pastor. And to be honest, well, thankfully, I'm not, not thankfully. I loved it, but I wasn't very good at it. I'm terrible at planning. I'm terrible at like coming up with fun things to do, but like, that's your job as a youth pastor. So I just feared, like, I suck at this job and I don't know what's fun for them. And so like, I, I mean, honestly, you guys, Wednesday mornings, I'd wake up and I'd just feel like, Oh, am I failing at this job? Am I failing? And so those are some personal fears of mine. I'm sure it just me listing them off, maybe some of your own fears, kind of trickled to the surface. And and so because fear is such like a everyone everyone deals with it. We we have to ask like, does God really help with those fears? Like, does He really help though? Because hey, we're Christians here. Probably most of us and. Um, but we still struggle every single day with fear. And we're like, God, shouldn't God maybe be a little bit more help? And, and, and I knew verses like Psalm 23, and it's such a good one. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I knew that verse, and then I would go and just struggle with fear all day. And it's like, why doesn't that help more? Why isn't the fact that God, this God is with me, why doesn't that help me? And, and to be honest, this I didn't understand this or notice this until just this summer, but I think it's because God is often too small. I think he's often too small. I think he often is just unimpressive. I think in our experience, he's maybe vague or he feels distant or irrelevant. Yet, Yes, God, I know you're real, but like, what about this fear right now? I don't see how you are relevant to my fear. You're, maybe you're theoretically there and true, but like I'm experiencing fear right now. Or maybe, maybe it's, it's just like I don't experience him at all. I know he's real, but like my fear feels more real than God. And here's the thing. This, I think this is so true. When we lose like the greatness and the awe and the wonder and the fear of God, I think he's a lot less help to us in our daily life. I think when we lose the greatness and the awe and the fear of God, like, what help is he? He's this small little thing off to the side. Like, how is he actually going to help me? And, and you know, I think when God is small, when we don't fear him, I don't think it's just our fears that dominate. I think our sin doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? If God's not that impressive or like serious or a, a thing like our sins really not that big of a deal. I think our obedience to him isn't that important. Because like who is God? I think I think all of a sudden our time with God, like I have to get up and I have to be in this book. All of a sudden just starts to become irrelevant. Like yeah, if I get around to it, but like, you know, I have pressing needs. Maybe maybe loving people we sh- we know we should love, but we we have a difficult time loving, I think the, the smaller God gets, the less important it is to like, I need to go love these people. I think, I think when, when we don't fear God, he's not this like amazing thing, like he's far less satisfying than than anything else good even that we can that, that the world has to offer. When God isn't like this, oh my gosh, it's like honestly, in and out comforts me right now more than God. And I confess that I go to In-N-Out for comfort more than I go to God for comfort. When God is small, other things in life, just they seem more satisfying. And and so I think the reason our fears are such a daily experience, the reason why we sin, the reason why we struggle to obey, the reason why we struggle to read our Bibles and love people is because we don't fear God the way we should. And you know, it's actually crazy as I started to like dig and like, oh my gosh, fear of God is everywhere. It's like in almost every book of the Bible I found. So you remember when Jesus said, or when the Pharisee asked him, hey, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So in that verse, he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. And the verse is right before that. Listen, I'm going to read this to you. I think we even have it up on the screen. Deuteronomy 6, listen to what Jesus was the passage right before what he's quoting. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life that your days may be long. And then he goes on to say, and this is a commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And then another one, case okay, Solomon, the wisest man in the whole world. He wrote many books of the Bible. He wrote a book of the Bible on the meaning of life, Ecclesiastes. And he just goes on to say like, life is meaningless without God. And then he sums it up in the very end. He says this, after the wisest man experienced all that life can offer, he sums up all of life I mean, if the wisest man summed up life, we should listen. And this is what he says. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. The wisest man summed up all of life with the whole duty, your whole duty is to fear God and to keep his commandments. And it's honestly, when I started reading this, I'm like, what the heck? I've never even heard of this. I may probably just cause I'm 26 and I just haven't been paying attention. But like, this is so important. This is so important. It's all over the Bible, fear God. And then, and then I'm like, isn't fear a weird word to associate with God? I mean, it is for me. Like, why would we fear God? I thought he's like this, and he is, this God of love and grace and mercy. Why would we fear him? And then, you know, when, when you look like out at our world, in our culture at least, God is, he's more like this like old dusty thing. Like, yeah, he's cool. Like we have him. He's there like on the shelf, right? Like why would we fear this like old book on the shelf? Or, or maybe he's just more like Santa Claus or, or like just this teddy bear. And maybe even for, for many Christians, he's just like this, this teddy bear and we love him. Like why would we fear God? Or, or maybe just for probably the majority of, Society, God is like, he's just the opiate, right, for the masses. He's just like to help you get through your day. But like, why would you fear him though? Like, why would you fear him? And so this led me on this journey of like, why would I fear God? Why would I fear him? And then I started remembering stories in the Bible. And I'd start remembering verses, like listen to this verse, Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, if you're afraid of heights, there it is. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I think if we just take a step back and like, no, who is this God? I think the, the fear of God just naturally begins to well up. Like let's remember God is, he's eternal and he's infinite listen to this verse just listen to who God is of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands they will perish but you will remain they will all wear out like a garment you will change them like a robe and they will pass away but you are the same and your years have no end maybe we just lost that when you first heard that as a kid and you're like wait so who made god and no one made god and you're like what like god is infinite you know what else god is mighty he's this is a crazy phrase he's limitlessly powerful limitlessly powerful he's in control of everything all things Satan, he's in control of. Every molecule in the universe, he's in control of. Every single action of every single human, God is sovereign over that. Listen to these verses. I am God, and there is none like me. Listen, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all. All my purpose. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. There's a verse that says, None can stay his hand. Not even you. Not even you can wreck God's will. None can stay his hand. Listen to this verse. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works. All things according to the counsel of his will. All things. Everything works according to God's will. What else? Um, I think this is just, I just thought of this this morning, just reflecting on this. If This book is filled with so many crazy stories of the power of God and not to be morbid, there, but there's this one story where the people of God are, like, surrounded. They've been under siege by, like, they're, like, dying. They have no water under siege. And there's this army of 185,000 people. That's, like, the population of Santa Barbara around their city. And, the, you know, of course, like, we're surrounded. We're done. Like, we're, what are we going to do? And the king cries out to the Lord. And the Lord's, like, says, in one night. They, they went out in the morning and... 185 thousand people were dead. Not a single human raised their sword. They just died. Like that's a picture of God's like, "What is man?" Like, "You need deliverance? Look at me. That, he is limitlessly powerful." And, and I do think there should be some of this like, "Oh my gosh," welling up in us, like, "Oh my gosh. What else? This one's a little bit more threatening. God is holy, and he's perfect. And he's just. And there's not a single flaw. Not a single, this is the good news, not a single drop of evil in him. He's perfect. Listen to this verse. The rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Man, perfect. He's perfect. He's, you guys, God is, I mean, we could go forever talking about who he is, and it would blow our minds. He is perfect. Now, I want to quickly address maybe a problem that you're starting to think about. Okay, that's God, and he's perfect, and to be honest, like, what about me thinking about interacting with that perfect thing? And I think that's a right response. When, when we get a clearer glimpse at who God is, it, it begins to like do something to the human heart. And I'm gonna quickly read a couple verses. This happened to probably the best prophet who ever lived, the most holy, Isaiah. He was already prophesying. He already knew about God. And then one day he like saw God. We don't really even know what that means. He didn't die, but he got this vision of God. Listen to these verses, Isaiah six. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. <clears throat> and the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, this is like what happens to us. And I said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I think that (coughs) when we see God, even just a glimpse, even just like we start to hear of him, we begin to see like our our own self in the right light. Like, woe is me. Like, woe is me. Like, look at me. I know who I am. I know my thoughts. I know what I've done. And this was Isaiah. Like, this wasn't like, this was Isaiah, okay? This was Isaiah. Had a pretty righteous, good life. God like talked to him literally and he told people about God. And then he saw God and he was undone. And I think when we, when we get that picture of God, we're like, that's the right response. And yet, listen, now this is, this is so key. This is so key, because maybe we're starting to like, be like, oh my gosh, God is so gnarly, I don't want anything to do with him. God is not only incredible and high and exalted and holy and perfect, God is also a God of grace and forgiveness and mercy, and he pursues people like us. He, I mean, think about it. He pursued Isaiah. He knew who Isaiah was, and he was like, I'm going to show up anyways. I'm going to show up anyways. And, and so, when we get this picture of like, oh my gosh, look at the next two verses at what happens. This is who God is. Yes, he's holy, holy, holy. But then, it says, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, which an altar is where you sacrifice things. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, This has touched your lips. Listen, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Like that right there is a picture of the gospel. Woe is me, but God says, I got you and I'm gonna cleanse you and I'm gonna sacrifice something and I'm gonna clean you up and I'm gonna pay for your guilt. I'm gonna take your guilt and I'm gonna atone for your sin. I think the fear of God is like on the one hand is like, look how gnarly he is. And then on the other hand, you're like, Look how gracious and merciful he is. This God who, who would come to me, a sinner, woe is me. And then he would cleanse me and clean me up and make me his own. I think both of those things help us to fear God the way that we should. Because listen, this is, this is so important. Hear this. Fear of God is not merely just over here. God is so gnarly and I'm afraid of God and I can't approach him. That would be true except for the gospel except for the cross. So fear of God now, if you have trusted in God, listen, the wrath of God, the punishment, your sin, your guilt has been removed. And so now you don't have to fear God. And that's like 1 John 4. That's what this verse means. It says, by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is... As he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So listen, if you're a son of God, a daughter of God, you don't have to fear punishment at all. No more, no more fear of punishment. No more condemnation. For some of you, that's just like, that's all you need for today. Hey, God does not condemn you for your sin if you are in Christ. No more, no more. So then, like, okay, so then the fear of God is like an old testament thing and we don't need to fear him anymore. And that's actually not true. The fear of God is still for us. It's just not this fear of judgment. Listen, listen to this Psalm 19. For the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring what does it say? Forever. Not like until Jesus comes and then you don't have to fear God anymore. Forever. Which also means in the new heaven, in the new earth, we're gonna be fearing God still. Listen. Do you know what else? The cross, the grace of God, leads us to fear God. Listen to this verse, Psalm 130. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Do you see that? Forgiveness leads to fearing God. Isn't that crazy? And do you know what else? There's this verse that I found this week that blew my mind. Jesus himself feared God. Isn't that crazy? Jesus was God and he feared God. Listen to this prophecy of Jesus in Isaiah 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and his delight. Jesus's delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus fears God, the grace of God leads us to fear God. The fear of God is gonna last forever. And so now that we've kind of got that, I think this is the closest, it's not a definition, but a picture of the fear of God I've been able to come up with is this. And, And listen, you know how the Bible talks about God or Jesus is a lion and a lamb, right? Those are like his, those pictures characterize who he is. And do you know what I think the fear of God is like? It's like, it's like showing up and, and you like turn a corner and in Santa Barbara and the, the lion got out of the zoo and you're looking at the lion and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm undone. I see his teeth and his claws and his strength, like I'm undone. And then for some crazy reason, the lion is like, hey, no worries, we're friends. So the lion turns around <laughs> and the lion is next to you. And now that lion is like, hey, all of my strength, is now for you you don't have to fear my teeth you don't have to fear my claws like jesus dealt with that now those claws and those teeth and that power is now for you so now you're like doing life with this lion and you look you look over and it's not like this thing that's not impressive right but you're safe like you, you you're okay And so you look over and you just one day, you're like eating lunch and you just watch the lion eating and you see the teeth and you're just like, oh my gosh, look at those teeth. And then you're like out running and the lion's just running and you're looking at the muscles like, that thing is amazing. I'm not in danger, but just look at it. That is incredible. And he's for me. I think the fear of God is like that. He's not, let's not take God's teeth out and be like, oh God, you're so nice. Like That doesn't honor him. Let's keep the teeth in, but now those teeth are for us and are with us. I think that is a picture of the lion. I think that's why C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia are so good, it captures that. Like the beaver's like, hey, no, he's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good. And if you're, if you're his, if you've been rescued by him, like he's, that lion is for you. All of who God is, all of that lion, all of that strength is for you. And listen, I love that we as a family of churches, we love the gospel and we love the grace of God and we love the father heart of God and we love that the spirit is the comforter. Yes and amen. That's like the lamb. And I think we also need to love the lion for all of who he is and all of his strength and all of his power. I don't think we should feel ashamed when the lion shows up in this book. I think we should be like, look at that lion. Oh my gosh, but he's good and he's just, and he's for me. I think we need that like healthy dose of the lion and the lamb. I think that's a picture of fearing God. And so the last thing I want to do to to close, it's, it's funny, it's 10 things, but it's quick, is as I studied the word of God, I saw like what fearing the Lord does for you. And fearing God is so good for the human heart. I mean, remember like we're a creature, and he's a creator. Like we need to, it's good for us to remember how big he is. And so quickly, we're going to learn these 10 things that like, if you fear God, look at the blessings that come when you fear him. So the first one is this, the fear of God makes you humble. The fear of God makes you humble. Remember Isaiah, right? Just undone. Remember Peter on the mountain, You remember John, the disciple who reclined on the breast of Jesus and he was called the one who Jesus loved. He knew Jesus is the lamb. The book of Revelation, he sees God and it says he fell on his face as one dead. If John had any like, I'm pretty awesome, like it went away when he saw God. If, listen, if, and I know, especially, maybe not, maybe for all of us, but I know for young men, as one of them, that's one like accountability. Oh, I'm sick of my pride. I want to be humble. Listen, do you know what helps with that? like the fear of the Lord. Don't fix yourself on, I need to do, like, look at God. And humility is like an instant byproduct of fearing God. Listen to this, uh, listen to this verse. No, it's a quote. John Calvin, a man who feared God said, man is never sufficiently touched and affected by the awareness of his lowly state until he has compared himself with God's majesty. Have you ever done that? Hey, how am I doing? Well, why don't you compare yourself to the majesty of God? I'm doing pretty good today. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling maybe a little proud. Compare yourself to the majesty of God. Humility will come. Number two, the fear of God leads us to obey God. If you're like, man, I'm struggling with just obeying God, fear him. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Remember, the bigger God is, the more you're gonna like love to serve him. Like imagine if your younger sibling was like, hey, can you do this for me? You're like, maybe. But then imagine if like, I don't know, whoever is high in your list of a celebrity goes like, hey, could you go do that for me real quick? You're like, sure. Right, the more value someone is, the more we're like excited to obey and to serve. So the fear of God leads you to obey God. Number three, the fear of God feels justice and mercy. We wanna be a church, right? We're Christians that like serve and love the poor. And do you know what actually helps that? The fear of God, look at Leviticus 25. You shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear the Lord. Do you know, like, this is crazy. Social justice would be better served to, to not stop at man's created in the image of God, but at the fear of God. Because listen, let's say, let's say you're at that celebrity's house in your house sitting, um, and you accidentally knock over this family heirloom, like, what is it called? Grandfather clock. You're just undone, because it's like, I just, that belongs to them. Oh my gosh. You're like, maybe you didn't really care about grandfather clocks, but like, it's their clock. Listen, human beings belong to God. They're his. Like, they're like, they're his. They belong to him. And the more you fear him, the more you're like, man, I can't treat this person this way. Like, they're gods. Like, they're, they're his. I think the more we see how big God is, the more we're able and fueled to like, man, that homeless person who smells and makes me like, ugh, no, that's gods. That's that person belongs to the almighty God. For God's sake, like for God's sake, we will learn to have justice and mercy. If you don't really care about certain groups of people, fear God. Like fear him. You care about the Lord. They matter to the Lord. Number four, the fear of God. This is a good one. It keeps you from sin. Listen to this crazy verse in Exodus. Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. This is like a funny one that I could think of. So let's say you're dating, you're dating, okay? Or you're engaged and you're in a scenario, you're like, okay, this isn't great. Like it's late at night and you're on a couch and you know, like things begin to progress and you're like inside, like, I don't wanna do this. Do you know what actually helps? Cause in, that, in those moments, whatever that moment may be for you, honestly, does it not sometimes feel like, hey, there is no stopping this. I cannot stop. Do you know what? Let's say the dad all of a sudden comes home, opens the door. You're not having any trouble stopping. You're up, you're on, you're done. You're out the door, right? So listen, when we fear God, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, no, I actually have a little more strength in me to stop, right? When I have, when we fear the Lord, it's a silly silly example, but it helps us like, you're not actually a slave. Because if if this person shows up, who's just her father, you're able to stop. What if God shows up? What if God is there? What if God actually sees and knows? Because he is. And I think it's, we don't fear him and we're like, no, I'm not gonna look at him. I want this. And I think the solution to many of our sins and temptations is the fear of God. The more we, we fear him and love him and know he's present, like sin, what is sin? Like God's right there. I'm not gonna do that in front of him. And, I, and the, the opposite's also true. There's many stories in the Bible where it says, like, there's no fear of God in this place. And, and it's like they're just doing whatever they want. I think, like, that's the problem with a broken society, is actually there's no fear of God in this place. There's no fear of God. Number five, the fear of God, this is cool, it brings God's pleasure. Listen to this verse. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Man, you know what's crazy? And I'll confess this. We live, I'm like on this treadmill to please man. I'm like on this, like that's like what fuels me. I want them, I want him, I want her to like me and approve of me. And and you know what's crazy is like, what is man? Like the Bible says man's a vapor, it's a mist. Like, are we gonna, are we gonna give our whole life to the approval of this mist that just went away? Or, or what if we could please God? What if we could please the Lord? And listen, because of Christ, God is pleased with us in Christ. And then there's this second way in which we can still please him or we can grieve him. And as his kids, as his sons and daughters, like, I mean, just remember being a kid, like pleasing your father or your mother or someone you looked up to, like that is so good. Imagine to please the Lord. How could I please, how could I bring the pleasure of God on my life? Fear him. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Number six, this is another cool one. The fear of God just brings the goodness, the blessings of God. I'm just gonna read a couple of verses. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you. How abundant is your goodness? which you have stored up for those who fear you. Here's another one. As the father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Another one. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And you want the goodness of God, the compassion, the steadfast love of God? Fear God. Number seven, Hey, this is a good one. The fear of God brings successful living. Uh, I'm gonna pull only all of these from Proverbs, okay? Listen, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. I know we're gonna, maybe not yet, but we're gonna have many college students. You know where knowledge actually comes from? The fear of God. Here's another one. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Want healing and refreshment? Fear the Lord. Ready? Fear the Lord prolongs life. I mean, the, God said it. It prolongs your life. The fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. Like, isn't that a thing in our culture, like safety and our kids' safety and want them to be safe? Like, that's okay. It's not a bad thing. But listen, the fear of the Lord, it's in the fear of the Lord that your kids are safe. The fear of the Lord leads to life and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Another one, the the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Hey, the Bible says you want riches and honor and life? Fear God. It's crazy. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So the fear of the Lord is gonna actually like literally bless your life. Number eight, the fear of God leads you to just a radical life of sacrifice for Jesus. This one's so crazy. I'm gonna read the verse in Genesis. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Okay, if you fear God, you'll be willing to do the craziest things. You'll be willing to sacrifice the most important things to you. And I, and I believe like as sons and daughters, we have that in us. Like I want to live a life that's like radical for Jesus, but it's hard. Like Abraham was willing to give up his own son. And if you know the history of that story, that's incredible because he feared God. Do you want to grow and like, I want to serve Jesus. Like fear the more you fear him and see the worth of him. It's like the man who found that treasure and was like, I'll sell everything to get it. I'll sell everything to get it. And then that leads into number nine. The best kind of sacrifice, honestly, it's, it's a life on mission. And the fear of God fuels mission. It says, Psalm 67, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. That's our desire. That all the ends of the earth would fear God. Yeah, that's like the ultimate good. Yes, like we want them saved from hell, and yes, we want them to have like the fruit of a better life. But the best thing we can give the nations is the fear of God. That's that's what fuels us. Like, man, they don't fear God over there. Like, what what can we do to to have them fear the Lord? This whole Psalm sixty seven is so cool on God's heart for the nations, and that He blesses us so that we could go bless the world that they would fear God. And the last one. To wrap it up to just fear in general, this one has been wrecking me. We are slaves to fears every single day. And, and the, deliver, the way we can be delivered from our fear is through another fear, the fear of God. It says in Isaiah 8, Do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread, but the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. In Psalm 34, the one we started with, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. You guys, the fear of God is actually the solution to all our other fears. That's actually true. The more you see this lion who is for you and with you, all of a sudden, like what is man? Like, I have God with me. I have God with me. What is the future? Do you know what? God knows, and I fear him, and I trust him in his promises. What is failure? Yeah, I failed. I've, I failed in the most significant way. I'm a sinner, and God has delivered me from that failure and offered me eternal life. And any subsequent failure in my life, with God, I'm gonna be okay. He's gonna work it for my good. He's going to use it for me. What is Satan? I mean, listen, some of us have like real fear of darkness. Like who is Satan compared to the Lord? When God disarmed him on the cross, he's a defeated foe. He who is with us is greater than he who is in the world. You know what your deliverance from the fear of Satan is? It's fear of God. What is death? What is death when we fear the Lord? Death has no sting. Death has no sting. And sin, the the thing, the gnarliest thing, what was that on the cross? God has taken care of that. You guys, I think the bigger, I know the bigger view we have of the Lord, the, the smaller our fears begin to be. And then a verse like Psalm 23, or this one in Isaiah 41, it starts to carry some weight to it. Because God isn't just like this thing that's like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's like, no, God, the one who we just talked about, that God, with those teeth and that power is with us. You can listen to this verse in Isaiah 41 with, with all of the majesty of God in your mind? It says, God is speaking, saying, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand the more we see God for who he is, that is what delivers us from our fears. And so to close now, as we even just get into worship, in fact, all the worship team can, can get ready. I want for us just to, to have, like to close with just this picture of walking with this lion. Like, and this is what I've been doing to myself. When, I, when I'm facing real fear, like, okay, I'm gonna go do this, and I'm afraid, like, I want us to, to remember right now who it is, who it is that is with us and is for us, like the God of the universe. None can stay his hand for your life. He is good and he's sovereign and he is in control. And even as we worship him now, let's, like, let's fix our eyes on who God is. And I know we have problems, and we have fears, and we have sins, and we have drama, and we have heartache, but I know that the more we fix our eyes on him, the more we fear the Lord, the more like those things kind of just get into perspective. They'll be there, but he, God, will be with us. Amen? Jesus, right now, we just, we ask Holy Spirit, that just the fear of the Lord would fall on this place. God, please, could we say like, like Jacob, surely God was in that place. Lord, we even just ask right now, Holy Spirit, would you pour yourself out right now? Would We want, I long to be like Isaiah or like John who just would fall on their face. Would just fall on their face before the Lord. God, we want to right now fall on our face or raise our hands or lift our voices to to declare the praises of the one who is worthy, the one who is holy and mighty and, and just and yet gracious and comes after sinners and cleans us up and gives us new righteousness. God, you are worthy. And so help us to see that more clearly and help us to worship you now.